news, everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me? It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in sports. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Hey, on, everybody. It is All in Sports with Jake Steely. Uh, you can follow me at All in Kid in case you came from today's guest, which I'm very excited to bring on here in a second. As a reminder for everybody, draft kits out. Fancy football starting. It's actually here. It's a Thursday night. Great game. Super excited for that. I know we all are. Houston, I mean, come on. Houston and Kansas City, can we start better than that? But in case you don't know, the, the offers used to be like 30%, 40%, stuff like that. You can still over get an, go over and get an offer, but now it's $1 for your first month. Like just a dollar just to check everything out. So don't quit after that, please, but <laughs> you can sign up for one buck. But we're going to talk fantasy football. We're going to get you ready for the season with some strategy because it's week one. Not going to do like waivers. We've already covered that. So I figured... I bring on somebody who I definitely, like, Jen, you know what? You tell everybody everything awesome you have going on because I'm pretty sure you're just going to start with your awesome <laughs> podcast you have going on. It's Jen Piacente. I said that correctly, correct? It, Jen Piacente, yep. Yes. So I nailed the last name. I got everything right. Uh, yeah, tell it. Look, you got a ton of stuff going on, but oh uh, are you starting with the podcast? Is that what you're going to I do. Everybody? Yeah, let's start with the podcast. Why not? So I have a new podcast, you guys, with Jerry Ferrara. If you don't know who Jerry Ferrara is, he was turtle in Entourage. He is freaking awesome. We're having a great time. So I have that new podcast out. I also have a new podcast out with Chris Meany called Sticks and Stacks. That's a baseball-focused one. And then, of course, I have a radio show on SiriusXM on Friday nights, Alarm After Hours, that I share with Justin Finsterman. And I'm over at Fantasy Alarm video live streaming, doing start sits for you every Thursday and Sunday with Adam Ronis and Howard Bender. And if you're not already sick of me, what's wrong with you? You should be. <laughs> See, and that's the thing is like, <laughs> the, the reason I only, I'm, I'm only now finally having Jen on is because I don't do fancy baseball podcast anymore. I haven't for the past couple of years. And I didn't know you, you jumped over and filled it. Like how long have you been doing fantasy football as well? I didn't know I mean, this. I know. No, I've been cheating on baseball. Can you believe it? It's so much fun. I love it. Um, a year. I'm an Astros fan. Right? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's another podcast altogether. Um, trash. So uh, exactly a year, actually. is my, It's my one-year anniversary with Fantasy Alarm, and that's when I started doing uh, football was with Fantasy Alarm, and they actually hired me as a football analyst first. Uh, so I've been doing football analysis longer than I've been doing baseball analysis, technically. I've been playing wow. baseball for a bazillion years. Well, for not many years, because I'm very, very young, Jake. I'm very young. <laughs> Super young. We're all super young. We're very, very, very young. Uh, congratulations on the move. Should I say that for everybody out there? <laughs> oh my God. It's been a day. I just want everybody to know Jenna is a trooper, especially because what was, did you say seven and a half hours for a move today? Seven and a half hours for a move that should have taken like three. And I think at one point I was about to take down the Russian movers and just be like, give me the sofa. I can do it myself. I, I yeah, it's just, yeah, I actually did start doing half of it myself, but and it got done. Imagine that. What, what, imagine that. And if you don't know Jen, like she, like, like am I going to be rude to say that you're like, like not the tallest woman no, in the world? I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm vertically challenged you guys. I'm, I'm a small, <laughs> small little pocket person with a very large personality, but I've actually, I'm diminutive. It's true. 
okay. pulling your weight by, by yeah. the move today. So let's, yeah. uh, <laughs> what do you want to, let's, let's start with some over-unders. How about that? Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't want to run through all of the teams. We won't do like all, like the entire 32. Okay. So what I'm going to do, I'll, I'll give you each division. You can tell me which is your favorite. How about that? Okay. Does that sound good? Okay. Yeah. And you can take the over or the under, whichever stands out the most to you. And if the second one does, feel free to chime in. But I just figured instead of like, here, oh, let's do 32 because that'd be an entire show. We don't have time for that. Totally. So, yeah. Let's start. I'll let you pick AFC or NFC first. Let's do NFC. All right. Sounds good. Let's do AFC. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. thought, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I've had a day. You can throw whatever you want at me. I'm just going to have a good time. You know what? No, no, no. Hold on. That just reminded me. I did that to Chris all of the time on purpose. Next time, next show you do with Chris, ask okay. him a question and which he wants and then take the opposite and see if he and notices. Okay. <laughs> you can tell him that I told you to do that. <laughs> all right. So first up, we'll start with the East. The Cowboys, they're over under is nine and a half wins. Mm-hmm. The Giants are over and under six. The Eagles are over under nine and a half and the Washington footballs are four and a half. What's your favorite one there? Um, my favorite one is going to be the Giants. I'm going to take the over. Oh, 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 this is, I'm so, this is, we should, could not have started better because right? I for sure thought you were going to say the Giants and taking the under because that's my favorite taking the under. Really? Really? <laughs> and this is coming from a Giants fan, and it's not because I hate Dave Gettleman and I'm disgruntled and not rooting for the team until he's gone. This is just I look at that defense and I look at their schedule yeah. and I have I think they're gonna go like four and twelve again. That's possible. Now I mean like, but if I'm gonna make money, that's how I have to do it. I have to take the over. So how are we doing this? Are we doing this as like how we're gonna make the most money? No, certainly because this actually, this one, and if anything, this one doesn't help you because okay. the over and the under is actually minus one hundred nine, minus one hundred eight. So, oh, this, really? the, so it's yeah, the Giants one doesn't help you too much. Well, I'm a Cowboys fan, so the, the under on the Cowboys me. is plus one twenty. The over no, is minus one forty. I'm taking the over on the Cowboys because come on, who's going to beat the Cowboys this year? They're going to be I awesome. That, I saw that when I was very tempted to take the over on the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. I got to take the under on Washington football team. What are they? Five? Mm, five and a half? I think so. Four, four and a half. Whoa. <laughs> wow. I, so here, I'll give you one right here. Okay. I actually think the footballs win more than the Giants. No. No way. No? No. Do you, do you want to do no, a friendly wager it. on this show Dude, and come back yeah. to it? Yeah. Let's do so it. You like that. The Giants or the, or the football team? Yes. We call them the footballs from Pat Mayo. It sounds oh, better. The Football sounds okay. better than the football team. Okay, so, the footballs. We'll, we'll do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming hopefully things will be in person again next year. So one of these uh, so. fantasy events, we'll, we'll put the, right now on the show, put $20 on it. Sound good? 20 bucks. You got it. 20, 20 bucks that the Giants win more games than the footballs. Yes, and I'm taking the footballs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All of the footballs in the NFL, I'm taking them. All of them. <laughs> I win by default. All right, let's go to the NFC North. How about that? Uh, okay. We'll go in descending order this time. Green Bay, nine. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, eight. Mm-hmm. Chicago, seven. Mm-hmm. And the Lions are six and a half. I'm going to take the Lions for over six and a half. Mm, explain. Because I think they're going to be surprisingly better than everyone thinks they are. Really? Even in this yeah. division? So, uh, okay, so yeah, even in one losses? division, everyone thinks Chicago's going to be good. Why do people think Chicago's going to be good, by the way? So that's what I was, was going to assume. Like, I was going to say, you're going to assume that one of these teams is much worse, so it's got to be, I'm assuming, the Bears. Yeah, it is the Bears. 
By the way, <laughs> I said Packers, like I don't think the Packers times. are going to be very good either. Look, they got an F on their draft. Come on. They got Aaron Rodgers, no weapons. He's disgruntled. You know, if Devontae Adams gets injured at all, they're in huge trouble. They have no depth at wide receivers. So I don't see the Packers, you know, coming out on top here either. Like, I just think that there's, there's games to be won. I think the Lions can do it with a healthy Matt Stafford. He's got a ton of weapons. He's got, you know, Marvin Jones Jr., who's completely underrated. He's got Kenny Galladay. Who knows? Maybe DeAndre Swift's going to be awesome. It could happen. I just think that, you know, six and a half, I think they can – I think they can beat that. See, that's the analysis I like there. By the way, they, they didn't get an F for their draft. They actually did the draft and gave <laughs> the F to Aaron Rodgers, just so you know. Yeah. That's no, what happened. That's much more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, they did win three games before Stafford went down. I mean, it was – actually, they had the tie, too. They were 3-4-1 and one when he de- went down, so it's not inconceivable for sure if they have a healthy Stafford. All right. Yeah. So this might be one of the tougher divisions. Actually, these next two divisions are really tough. This is going to be fun. I'm going to see which way you go here. Okay. The Saints are 10 and a half. The Bucks, Tom Brady's Bucks, nine and a half. Mm. Atlanta's down at seven. I just kind of gave away my pick. Atlanta's down at seven and a half, and Carolina's five and a half. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the over on the Falcons. Doesn't that feel just... That's that feels too low at seven and a half. It does. With again, we're talking about the offense that had the most targets in the league last year. I think it was like six hundred and fifty-four, something like that. You've got Calvin Ridley, you've got Julio Jones. Who knows what's gonna happen with Todd Gurley, but it could be exciting. Uh, you got Hayden Hurst there now, and Matt Ryan's, you know, gonna listen, their defense is so bad, they're gonna be in a ton of shootouts. I get it, but I think they can do this. Uh they've still got playmakers, so I kind of like the Falcons. I just feel like it's a little too low, like you said, and they've surprised us. And their defense did get a little better last year as the season went along, if I remember correctly. Yes. All right. So then NFC West, and then I'm going to have a follow-up question to the NFC West with the NFC South Incorporated. You'll Mm -hmm. see. So San Francisco, 10.5. Not really Mm -hmm. surprising there. 9.5 for the Seahawks, which Mm -hmm. kind of feels like the number it should be every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals at 7 and the Rams at 8.5. So if you want to pass on this entire vision, you certainly can. But do you have a strong feeling here? This is the toughest division, but I'm I'm probably take the under on the Rams. At 8.5? That that feels like the only quality bet here, honestly. The others I wouldn't take. So the, what I wanted to ask is Arizona and Tampa Bay. This is a sidebar question. Okay. Either of these teams kind of feel like the Cleveland Browns of 2020. Well, the Cleveland Browns of 2019. Now the Cleveland Browns, two thousand like this, this yeah, well, me, one of these two teams are way too hyped and really going to disappoint. Can we just clarify that the Cleveland Browns are still the Cleveland Browns? They're still way too hyped, and they're still going to disappoint because the Browns are going to proud. No, like, no, no. They sent yeah. Kitchens off to be the tight end oh. coach of the Giants. So Do we really think it was just Kitchens? I'm sorry. No, it's Baker Mayfield and his gigantic attitude. It's OBJ, and you guys just go to Twitter and figure out OBJ. But he's, <laughs> what a, what he's a got a lot of problems, okay? He's got a lot of problems. Like, we've got hernias. We've got attitude issues and – He's got a lot of crap going on. So I just <laughs> would, uh, no Browns are going to Brown. Um, but yeah, I would say the Cardinals are the one. I, I, Tampa Bay, like, I didn't want to believe it, but I'm starting to fall for it. I just think there's some excitement with Tom Brady being there. And, and, and listen, he's going into an offense and with 
two top 10 receivers, Godwin and Evans. It's not like he's going in with people that aren't very good and they're going to get better. Like these guys were already amazing. So, you know, and now obviously they've made moves at running back. They brought Gronk in. They've got two other really talented tight ends anyway. They could have rolled with O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, for God's sake. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's going to be fun. And I just think it's, it's, more, it's an attitude thing. Tom Brady's going to come in. So I'm, I'm kind of buying it, even though I don't want to. But the, the Cardinals, that's the one I'm worried about. Everyone's so, you know, Kyler Murray, rookie of the year. And, you know, Nook is there now. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, so funny enough, by the time people are listening to this, uh, my rankings, every single week I do rankings, and I always put like a buy low, sell high, and I already have a week one buy low, sell high, and sell high is on Kyler Murray. And, I'm not, and I even said, don't just sell him because I'm saying sell high. I brought up Baker Mayfield. Just, just in case, what, you know, everybody wants to put him top five or top six at the worst. What if he just doesn't take a major step forward? Because for all intents and purposes last year, his passing game was on par with Josh Allen's passing game. Right. So just pump the brakes a little bit to, to, to use the cliche. By the way, I, I do like what you're saying about Tom Brady as well, because Tom Brady, despite screaming at everybody not named Julian Edelman, still had 4,000 yards and 24 touchdowns last year. It's and true. And to- yeah, I mean, he's still Tom Brady. There's, he, he's just – I don't know. I, I would like to hate Tom Brady, but the truth is, like, even since he <laughs> went to Tampa Bay, he and Gronk are so cute. Like, they're – their bromance is adorable and it's kind of charming. And it's like, they kind of like, you know, Tom Brady's letting his hair down and he's kind of being cool. And I want to hate Tom Brady, but it's like, I almost can't. I kind of uh, at, at the same time, you kind of mentioned the attitude thing too. You're telling me two of them. You're telling me Tom Brady doesn't want to prove he has nothing to do with Belichick for his success. And you're oh. telling me Belichick doesn't want to prove he has nothing to do with, but like, you okay, know, both. both of them hope that okay. they're better than the other person. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's grudge match. Like, it's happening. I just wish the Panthers were playing. Or not the Panthers. Oh, look, I just saw oh, Panthers because I'm thinking Cam Newton. I just wish the Patriots and the Bucks were playing this year. Can we get them the Super Bowl just for the hell of it? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe we should. It's 2020. Well, I guess it'll be 2021 by then. But anything it can happen be. these days. Anything. Maybe we'll actually be able to go outside in 2021. We'll find I out. I hope so. Uh, let's, go, let's go over there. Let's go to the NFC East. So the NFC East, actually, funny enough, not a single team projected to win nine for the over-under. Buffalo, the highest at eight and a half. New England's at eight. Miami's won six and a half, or well, is at six and a half, and the Jets six and a half. So where are you going? You're going to the Jets, aren't you? You're taking the under on the Jets, aren't you? Uh. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> I'm going to take the over on the Dolphins. I like that. Yeah, I think I might because I think by the, you know, actually Fitz is pretty good. They've got some talent there. I think they've got, again, something to prove. They upgraded their O-line. I, and, uh, you know, why not? And Tua, halfway through, could come out and be really strong. I just And look, look who they're playing. I mean, the Dolphins are going to get to play the Jets a lot. The Patriots, I have zero faith in. I actually think they're going to stink. And I really I, I, hope, I hope they stink. Yeah. Whoa, I mean, wait, 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 wait. Do you hope they stink because of Belichick, or do you hate, hope they stink? Or like you're not a Cam Newton fan? Why do you hope they stink? No, because of Belichick. I just don't. Okay. You know, although I have to say, like once I saw Belichick's dog, I liked him a little better. And haven't you seen his commercial where he actually shows personality? Yeah, I think he. 
I, I <laughs> think that's that the longest he's talked. I think. Well, I mean, that's the longest he's ever talked consecutive <laughs> seconds. I'm sure he had a body double for like all, all until he had his 15 seconds and then he did his line and that was it. It took him the whole 15 minutes. If anybody hasn't seen the commercial, he also, I don't know if I would call it a full one, like a normal person one, but he smiles in the commercial. It's it's on right now. It, I just Is it over. really? It's the, yeah, the Subway commercial is on right now. He cuts the dude's sleeves off. I've, like that's the most personality I've ever seen out of Billichek. But yeah, the dog thing was good too during the draft. I did appreciate that. Yeah. I did. Which, I by the way, everybody, Jen said the only way that I could ever get on the show with her and Jerry was that not even me. <laughs> it's just Barkley, my dog. Just that's I can't even come on. I just have to put my dog in the seat and just like put him on the podcast, just so you know. I, well, I mean, come on, the dog. The dog is a winner. I, I yes. told you, Jake, that you need to make sure the dog is in all your dating profile pictures, right? I mean, I, I don't want to brag or anything, but. As a woman, I can give pretty good feedback for what guys should do on dating profiles. I'm, my DMs just got filled. But um, <laughs> dog in a photo, yeah, that's a winner. Got to have a dog in the photo. And then you got to have a photo with like a cool sister or somebody too. So it looks like girls like you, but not your girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind for January because <laughs> one is I got super tired of the nonsense and the ghosting and the yeah. games and the effort and all that. So and I also, I deleted the apps plus it's football season. So I was like, I'm not going to Yeah, there's anyway. no time. Yeah, there's no yeah. time. I don't have like, any time. I don't even have time for the games to begin with, let alone now football's here. Like, I know. Get, get, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I actually feel really strongly about three or four teams in this division. The Buffalo, I don't know where to go at eight and a half. I, I kind of want to go over, but then I kind of, eh. But I like I the Dolphins over. I like the Jets <laughs> under six mm-hmm. and a half. I, I got the Jets winning like three games this year. And I actually do think the Patriots could hit the over. They won 12 last year. And you're swapping Brady for Cam Newton. You tell me they can't win nine. So, yeah, but yeah, but they're also missing half their freaking team to COVID nineteen. Mm, did you put quotes up when you did that? Uh, uh, yes, they were air <laughs> quotes. Did you see them? They were there. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're tanking without tanking. So, yeah. all right. How about let's go to the the Cleveland duties and uh, the rest of that division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, mm-hmm. Is there any bad, like what are the odds that this story comes out and the like? Odell Beckham's playing for the Browns. Like this story did not come out. And I say the Browns because he's in Cleveland for everybody that understands what I'm referencing here. He, this story didn't come out when he was with the Giants in New York. Like, come on. Like, the odds? Really? That's just – anyway, <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. Like, come on. He's in Cleveland. Anyway, all right. Ravens, 11 and a half. Steelers, yeah. nine. Cleveland, eight and a half. And then the Bengals down at five and a half. So, yeah, I'm going to take the um, – I'm going to take the Browns for the under. Hmm. Think they're overhyped again? I do. I really do. What did Baker Mayfield do to you? What did Baker Mayfield do to me? It's what he did to Daniel Jones. And and I don't understand why you're not backing him up. Uh, Because I don't, well, uh, I I don't back up the, (laughs) I am, but I told you, like, (laughs) I root for the, it's it's like, it's the Mets. I root for the players and hate the organization. I can do both. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Um, As a recent (laughs) Astros, well, as a Astros fan, <laughs> I understand. Um, but I guess you can't root for those players either. Anyway, that's another story altogether. Do you have any so- of the old Astros hats that they were that when they had the open star on it? Do you have any yeah, of those? Yeah, I do. You, you could just put like a third thing on that and turn it into an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. So funny. You brought it so up. Funny. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I think, 
I think you might know this. I actually do have an Astros hat because I was a huge Bagwell and Biggio fan. I actually tried to mimic Bagwell's stance at home plate and still am baffled to this day how he was able to stand like that and hit the ball. Um, so I root, I rooted, root, and I was really excited that they finally won a World Series. So I was oh, rooting for them I was strongly. Too. I was so. too. I was at the games even. Now I have a special. Padres hat. Yeah. And I bought the Padres hat last year, everybody. So everybody knows. That was when I boycotted the Mets two years ago. I was like, I got to find a new team. The Cubs won. The Astros won. I was like, let's go Padres. There you go. Um, anything? I, I Sorry to sidebar on you there. But, uh, where were we? Oh, AFC South. This one feels tough too, but for yeah. a different reason than the NFC, just because like it feels like the three teams are really close. That being the Texans seven and a half, Colts mm-hmm. nine, mm-hmm. Tennessee eight and a half, mm-hmm. and then the Jaguars at four. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it could be under for the Jags. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at their schedule, oh. and I went, they might be able to get two. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's, it's- it's not good. So I, yeah, I think that's where I would go is, is under for the Jags. I think the Texans might also beat that. Uh, but yeah, I like the Colts and the Titans where they are. So yeah, the Texans always feel like a guarantee for at least eight. It's like eight, nine. They're basically like the reverse Jeff mm-hmm. Fisher instead mm-hmm. of like seven and nine. It's always nine and seven every mm-hmm. single year. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one. This is interesting because the chiefs, what a surprise, 11 and a half. But then the other three teams, Denver, seven and a half, Vegas, seven and a half, Chargers, seven. They're mm. all right there. Interesting. Um, I'm going to take the under for the Broncos. Yeah? Yeah. I, I think there's too many moving parts. I think there's so much talent. I'm so glad that they went out and got Drew Locke, all these weapons, and, you know, it, it's exciting. But I just don't see it quite gelling into eight wins. Where are you in your fantasy drafts with mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay? Are you? Oh my gosh. So I am anti Melvin <laughs> Gordon. And I have been the whole time because I think all Melvin Gordon does is take down the value of Philip Lindsay was perfectly good. And Philip Lindsay just takes and eats into the value of Melvin Gordon. And I said that before, actually there's a video of John and Pimba and I talking about it from like March that the person that we hated where they landed for their fantasy value is Melvin Gordon. Cause he kind of took down his own value and Philip. Lindsay's at the same time by going there so I am not I don't have one single share of Melvin Gordon I have a couple shares of Philip Lindsay very late which I'm happy I have I'm so glad you said that Uh, 100% on the same page I actually have them in my rankings fewer than 10 spots apart I just think there's yeah there's way too much and Philip Lindsay just I, I don't understand it after two years of a thousand rushing yards and they kept using him at the goal line which made everybody if you remember last year it was like mm-hmm. they, kept, they, they keep using him instead of Royce Freeman I mean that right. kind of tell you something but all right so speaking of that like strategy like a little pivot to there strategy in general I want to get one off the top here okay. it's the early season part and this is usually when people don't know whether to go crazy they don't know whether to be conservative uh, whether it's fab or whether it's waiver order, which please everybody switch to fab. So you're not that random like, oh, look, I just happened to be lucky in week four and be the number one waiver wire while Zeke got hurt. And nobody has Pollard or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's a debate aside because people still do play that way. What is your strategy? Because, you know, you could look at it and say, well, you could potentially get 12 weeks of this guy. 
But then you have the Kevin Ogletrees of the world who showed up for two weeks and disappeared for the rest of the season. So it's always a dangerous game to play. What's your general overarching strategy for everybody out there? Yeah, I don't really spend a lot of money on anybody in FAB in the beginning. Uh, I kind of wait until I see where I really have a need. And I think maybe that's because I started out playing fantasy baseball so much. I'm, I'm a little more patient. If there's an injury, then I'm going to do it. Um, but otherwise, I'm not going to go crazy on, on fab spending. I give my guys a little more time to gel. I trust my draft process more. I don't like to go spend, you know, if I have a $1,000 fab, $500 the first week. Because you know what happens? You spend $500 and you get Mike freaking Boone. And then you're like, oh, well, that didn't really work out. And now I only have $500 left. So I like to give it a little bit more time and see how things pan out. I mean, on average, I kind of mentally give myself, okay, so, you know, if you really see somebody that you think is good, like sleeper, and you can get them for, you know, I don't know, 5%, 10%, then I put in a bid. Um, you know, so I just kind of budget, I guess, in my mind. How do, do you, you do it? Uh, pretty much the same way, unless I feel strongly about right. somebody. But see, if I usually feel – like, I'll give you a perfect example – so I keep telling her, like, this is getting a very common question, and I'm sure you're getting a lot, everybody is, is what do I do about James Robinson? And I'm telling people right. out there, you know, if you don't own Zeke, yes, I would drop Pollard. Yes, I would drop Bryce Love. Yes, I would, like, the reason is, is because if James Robinson comes out week one and gets 15 carries for 80 yards, doesn't even have to score a touchdown, and, but he's the lead guy. Everybody's going go bananas to try and get him before week two. You have him now. You don't have to right. worry about that. So to your point, I'm the same way because those guys for me are already on my rosters. Like I'm not waiting for those potential guys to pop off in week one. So your sleeper point, I completely agree with you. Those sleepers are already on my team. Right. Yeah. So do you ever, do you consciously try to save a little bit towards the end of the season to make yes. sure like, you okay. <laughs> I want to have the hammer if I have to in the end, if it comes down to it. Do you do that in auction drafts too? Or do you like no. to be, no. Yeah, I mean, I would like to have enough that, like, for instance, I had an auction draft this week, and I had Dalvin Cook, and I had to make sure I had enough at the end that if someone threw out Alexander Madison for a dollar, I had two dollars. You know, like I, I made sure I had that. But as far as having a lot of money in an auction, I don't like to have so much money at the end because then you just look back later, you end up leaving money on the table, or you end up spending too much money on guys you should have only spent a buck on in the first place just because you yes. have money. So yes. I'm more a fan of go ahead and like spend $68 for Christian McCaffrey, spend $75, spend $80 for Christian McCaffrey. If you know you want that guy, you'll figure out the rest later. Now don't get caught, like I said, where you can't get your handcuff or you, you know, you're a position that you can't stream, but usually you can still stream a tight end for a dollar. You can stream a defense for a dollar. So, right. you know, just be smart about it. Um, but for fab, I do do it differently. i I am a little more conservative because I, again, there's so many times you go out and you put a big bid on Wayne Gallman and yeah, <laughs> he fills in for Saquon Barkley for a few weeks, but it costs you, you know, 75% of your fab. And now what are you going like to do that Saquon's back? And yeah, you, you got nothing to work with. By the way, I just had my eight-year-old moment on this podcast because we were talking about Odo Luckham before and you said do-do. And so anyway, I only say that because <laughs> Nando's going to listen to this episode and he loves any reference to poop. And you know that. Really? I didn't know oh, that. Then you I didn't know that? I should talk about his team. 
<laughs> if Nando, can, he's, he's Nando will do everything possible to get you to say the word poop on, when he has you on a podcast. Just this so you know. never, I've been on TV with Nando before, but he's not. Well, maybe that's because oh, because his TV. face is with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably a little bit different. Like he used to do his game. It was, I forget what he called it. I've actually played it because he gave me permission. Um, it was kind of like a pick your poison and it'd be crazy things like you have to start five players from the Washington team you have to leave your quarterback position empty or you're walking down the street with poop in your shoe. Like that's like, that's not like, that's how he would do it. So it's always like that. You could go back. He, he's always good got times. fun stuff like, yeah, good stuff like good that. You know what? Uh, sidebar. Is this not the most in auctions? Is this not the most aggravating thing you talk about the hammer when you get down to like the single digit hammers and somebody's got like five and you have a three, and they're just sitting there and it's like it's such a weak hammer but they have it over top of you isn't that like so frustrating but do you know what the real joy is this happened to me in my auction someone was doing that to me and i was like oh and i was looking at their dollar amount it's a 14 team league with nando actually and i I was bidding and i was down to the end and my lower and i had three dollars and this person kept doing the five and then all of a sudden they went out and I realized like, oh, they're such losers. They didn't actually, they wasted money. And now I am the hammer. <laughs> so like you annoyed me for two picks, but now I feel great because I'm going to go pick up everybody else. So it was very satisfying. Uh, that, that, is satisfying. that did not happen <laughs> to my home league because my home league, unfortunately, we drafted this past weekend, a uh, good five or six of them bring my auction values to the draft. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that always makes things not so much fun. All right. So. Um, you talk sleepers and you kind of talked about, and we talked about this week one and stuff like that. Are there any guys like maybe a James Robinson or anything like this, where you're stashing them right now? You know, even if it's you, it like what I keep saying about Robinson is you might drop him week one. Like right. he gets two carries, right. but you have somebody like that where it's like, Hey, I'm going to stash this guy instead of having Randall Cobb on my bench, just in case something happens a week one. Right. So, I mean, obviously the big one would be James Robinson. If you can even do that, um, somebody probably already stashed him because the helium's already gotten <laughs> way too much mm-hmm. in a very short period of time. But James Robinson, another one would be Cordero Patterson. So, you know, the Bears just released their depth chart. They have him listed as a wide receiver right behind Allen Robinson. Okay, well, obviously he's not going in place of Allen Robinson, but David Montgomery uh, is a little – you know, injured. So he's going to be out for a few weeks. And we know that Patterson's been doing running back work in camp. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him. And I think that's somebody, you know, who can, who can do anything, right? He can be like their, their trick play. So it's kind of interesting to stash him and just see what he does in the first week and how they decide to use him in Chicago. I love that call. I actually built a couple of DFS lineups with Cornell Patterson really? already in there for that strategy. That was oh, if David Montgomery's out, I'm gonna I'm gonna be overweight. I'm gonna go down with the Cornell Patterson ship, which is just bad <laughs> to think of. All right, so you know this question coming too, but you know this is the stuff we want to talk about for people starting their season. Start sit, and I'm talking mm-hmm. specifically for start sit week one, two, and three because you know how it is. It's not just week one where you see. I'll give you a couple scenarios here. Like I've even okay. got a question. Somebody said these two players playing each other in the same game, Nikhil Harry and Devonte Parker. Like, should I bench Parker for Harry because Parker's going to face Gilmore? You get all these type of overthinkings in week one. And yeah. then two, 
now when you see performances in week one, week two rolls around and all of a sudden people are benching all these players or starting all these players that, that again, maybe the Kevin Ogletrees of the world. What's your overall, like, just advice for everybody out there trying to figure out those first two or three weeks? Because everybody, you know, you coming from the baseball side of it, mm-hmm. you know you can make mistakes for a couple of weeks of baseball and still be able to overcome. People feel like because the football season's 12, 13 weeks until your playoffs, you can't cost yourself one, let alone two weeks. Right. But you also can't second guess yourself too much. I think what you have to do in the first couple of weeks is the guys that you believe in, the guy that you went into the draft thinking, this is my guy, you start that guy, you don't immediately start to second guess yourself because, you know, you know, I don't know, Cooper cup. There was a game last year when Cooper cup went for zero yards. He had zero fantasy points. If that was the first game of the season, and then you didn't start him after that, you'd be really sorry that you didn't hang with Cooper Cup. So I feel like I understand why it feels panicky and you only have a few games, but you still have to just stick with your gut of who the best player is. And yeah, there are times when, you know, somebody's going to be, you know, shot by Jalen Ramsey and that scares you a little bit. But if that person is say, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, then you still start DeAndre Hopkins, you know? So you do. I always do look at matchups. I look at general defense as well as quarterback, you know, wide receiver matchups. I look at who's covering the tight end. I, I look at all those things. But then I also go with, hey, who's just a really freaking talented player? And when I watch them, I love to watch them play. You know, you can't just look at stats. You can't just look at tape. You have to do a little bit of both. And then you have to follow your heart because if you're not doing this because you love it, stop doing it. You know, like put guys on your team you want to watch and and play your guys. I could not agree with you more. Uh, I think that's a a really important thing that people overlook. And actually, so I rarely, really, really ever curse. And I was on Pat's show and we were discussing (laughs) Nick Chubb and he was saying that he would give permission to some people that are worried about Nick Chubb to bench him because of the cream hunt and the contract. And I dropped the F-bomb. I said, then what did you effing draft Nick Chubb for? Like, seriously, like, mm-hmm. then don't draft him. If you're going dra- to bench anybody in your first five rounds, then don't draft him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't I- – Guys, are people not going to start <laughs> Nick Chubb because of the Kareem Hunt extension? Like, no. I guess people are. I can't believe that's a real question. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, hey, look – Overthinking. You said it. They start to over, they, they think and think and think and think and think. I mean, you, you've seen the tweets where rankings for week one, where are they? Like you, you don't have to set your line until Thursday. Everybody's super excited. I think people are just pumped that football's back. Yeah. We were so worried it wasn't going to happen. All right. So this ties into all of that. So for you personally, Jen, mm-hmm. how short is your leash? Because baseball you know this. Right. People who play baseball, it's like wait till the end of April at least before you consider dropping somebody. You know, if you're going to do waivers, as you said, you're cautious, you wait. But how short is your leash in football if it's two weeks? Let's say Cooper Cup comes out 0 for 2, doesn't put up any points in two weeks. Or maybe somebody the next tier down from maybe not quite Cooper Cup. But how right. quickly are you to pull the trigger and drop somebody for the hot name on the waiver wire? I am not very quick and maybe I should be quicker, but I'm not. Um, If it was two weeks, I would bench them and watch them, but I wouldn't drop them probably unless it was someone that was just so obvious, you know, that's if I didn't, and that was the only way I could get them. But again, if I drafted someone, you know, similarly not to keep going back to baseball, but like if I draft Christian Yelich and Christian Yelich is batting 200, 
I'm never dropping him, even in a 60-game season, because he was my first-round pick, and, or I spent however many dollars. I'm not dropping him. You, you have to trust those guys that they're going to come around. And so the earlier you draft a guy, the longer I'm going to keep him. The later I've drafted a guy, the more quick I am to cut him. So, you know, if it's Antonio Gibson – and I drafted him in the 12th round and it's two or three weeks in, it looks like he's probably not the guy and Bryce loves getting whatever and blah, JD McKissick or whatever, then I, then I might drop him and pick up somebody else. But if it's say, you know, I don't know, Miles Sanders and he's been a little slow to start, I'm not dropping Miles Sanders. <laughs> oh, it, it's, this is what people think though. So it's, it's, this is what you need to look at in strategy wise. So the, the last part about this and to kind of bring this whole strategy to a, a close, but over this entire thought process is when it comes to trading. So first question for you, are you a big trader or not? I'm not a big trader. I have to okay. say, and I, I think that comes, has to do with, and actually Jerry and I were talking about this on the phone. I mean, on the pod, on the phone. Oh, yeah. We probably talked mean- on the phone too, but not about trades jen has a show with jerry i just don't you know it's like he used to be on entourage if you ever make sense yes it's called jen and jerry's waiver wired it's like the ice cream flavor that i need to eat right now after the that movie. was a really did you come up Four with that name? of them i did not come up with that name um they sent it to us and they're like our, our design guys really want this name how do you think what do you think about it and they thought we would hate it and jerry and i both thought it was funny so we we're like yeah go until we get sued <laughs> Jen's on a first name basis with turtles, just so you know. I just want uh, you to know. Anyway, so he's in my fantasy league. Um, so yeah, we were talking about trading and he was saying how he wanted to bring trades back. And I, you know, he said, Have you had the experience that people come at you with trades that are just ridiculous? And I said, Yeah, like all the time. And that's why I don't do it because I get so frustrated with the stupid offer you're coming at me with that at first I began to, I thought it's because I'm a girl because they see my name's Jennifer. And so they're like, Oh, she's a girl. Maybe she's dumb enough. She'll give me, you know, this trade. And, and then I realized, no, it's not because I'm a girl. It's because people (laughs) are that ridiculous. And I get like, try to get the best deal you can, but don't insult the other owner. So that's what ends up happening. Like I'm, it's too often that I get these trade proposals that just frustrate me. And so I just don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to deal with others. <laughs> I just want to play the waiver wire myself. However, I have of course made trades when it's been beneficial to both sides. And I'm very all about if we really both benefit, if I really have an excess, like I have six awesome running backs. I can only start two or three of them a week. Anyway, there's no reason not to move them and get back some capital in another area. Right. So two things in there that I'll throw out for everybody that I always give advice for. Uh, One is exactly what you said is when you're trying to make a trade with somebody, if you want somebody, look at their team and figure out if you have a need that you can fill. Like they just like, here's a perfect example. Like you, Jen, you talk about Miles Sanders before. Let's say Miles Sanders starts off slow. And I'm like, all right, I want to try and get Miles Sanders from Jen. And I have a surplus of wide receivers. But then I look, and your starting three wide receivers are Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown, and Marquise Brown. And Marquise Brown started off pretty well, as people expected. And I try to come with you with wide receivers. What are you going to do? Why would you trade for that? Because you're not, exactly. you don't need the wide receivers. Exactly. And then especially, as you said, a lot of people like to come with like the three-for-ones. Well, I'm giving you these three pieces. It's like, look at what the team needs 
and try to fill that need. If you can't fill the need, you're probably not going to be able to get a trade done and, you know, don't insult the, and the other one is, I will always say this, this is why Fred Zinke is a good trader. This is why I'm a good trader. Do the effort. Part of what you just said too, is a lot of owners feel like you do. It's like, you know, you see these posts on sites and they're like, Hey, I'm willing to trade, blah, blah, blah. I need help here because they're too lazy to make the effort. Everybody is like they, Most owners are lazy. They want the offers to come to them. It's like when you're at a restaurant, you kind of want the waiter or waitress to tell you what's good. Like go make the effort. You'll get more trades done. Yeah. And you know, who's a great trader and this is more in the base world is Ian Kahn. If you say, okay. I was going <laughs> to say, if you say Jerry again, I'm gonna, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Jerry. We have to help Jerry a little bit. He had his first auction this week and you know, was it bad? Well, we, we got to help him, Jake. We gotta okay. Help him. Yeah. That's okay. I'll, I'll send, I'll send Barkley. <laughs> I'll put like I'll put advice around her collar so you can like you can, like an old pigeon you can get like the advice Aww. to pull off there you Barkley like, your, your um, Instagram is all about Barkley that's that's totally why I follow your Instagram so I can like it is like 80% Barkley at this point <laughs> and your niece who's also equally adorable well probably more adorable I mean yeah she does this yeah, new uh, little adorable. claw thing like she tries to come after you with the claw so, Aww. and she makes like a mean face. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, last one before you get out of here. So, and you're going to appreciate this okay. because the idea for this segment came from our friend, Greg Sussman. So, ah, Greg. Yes. so he was listening to my podcast. And one of the things is because they're rookies, whatever reason, and I'm not the only one, but when people start listing out their rookie running backs by last name, it just very often, and it's not intentional by a lot of people, and it has now become intentional, is people usually went Jonathan Taylor, then, then DeAndre Swift, so it usually ends up going Taylor Swift. Ah. And that's what happens. And I actually wrote one time, I put Taylor, comma, Swift, and Dobbins. So he's like, dude, you should do a Taylor Swift segment. And that's what I've done. We started doing a Taylor Swift segment by the names <laughs> of the songs. So I don't know most of the names of the songs, but he gave them to me. And this is your segment that... Yeah, he would. He know, like, He's such he a gave pop me, culture maven. He gave me 13 song names. <laughs> like, wow. I knew Shake It Off. I knew you were trouble. And what's the other one? The one where she's talking about the bad blood. That's the other one. Oh, bad blood. So, okay. Oh, and we are never getting back together. But those are, he put those together for a reason, like a player that you hate. That you're, but I already did that yeah. segment. So you get okay. the segment of, I've never heard of any of these three songs. Okay. His segment is Lover, the Man, and You Belong to Me. So basically, it's I want to know what who's your absolute favorite player this year, not like first rounder, like the one that you tried to get on all your teams that you're targeting if possible, and obviously not drafting, drafting them four rounds early, but just the player that you just are super excited to have on your team this year. Uh, well, there's some players I'm super excited about, but unfortunately, I have very little of them on my team. <laughs> um, so I would say the player I have the most of that I'm excited about is Michael Gallup. And I know Ooh. a lot of people have very varying opinions on how Michael Gallup will do, <clears throat> but I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be great this year. I think that C.D. Lamb is only going to raise his level of play. I think that he and Dak have great chemistry. And I would so much rather have Michael Gallup in the fifth round than Amari Cooper in the third. So I have a lot of Michael Gallup, a player that I love that I didn't get a lot of. And, and I'm sure you've all figured out how much I love this guy because I write love letters to him all the time is Josh Jacobs. I just, 
freaking love Josh Jacobs. I love everything about him. I love where he came from. I love the way he plays. I love his heart. I love his attitude. I think he's so talented. He should have won rookie of the year last year. I think they're going to make sure he gets the ball in his hand as much as possible. John Gruden is PO'd at Winter Kyler. I can't wait to see what he does. <laughs> I hope he catches 40 passes. I just, I'm, I love, love, love Josh Jacobs. Well, let's be aggressive. Let's say 50. Let's, let's really get him. Why not? He, said, he says he can do 60. It's, yeah, I just don't trust the offense to do although it yeah. does look better now that they traded Bowden and cut the yep. so that feels better at this point mm-hmm. uh I'm sure you know this for everybody out there real quick I that you talk about where he came from the story just was the sh- most shocking one when he got to college for everybody out there he slept on the floor, the floor of his room for the first semester because he wasn't comfortable in the bed because he never get he never slept in the bed he gave it to his sisters because they were living in a like a like a caravan thing kind of right yeah with his dad yeah yeah so he wasn't comfortable sleeping in a bed. Like that's where he came from. This is the, this is like the ultimate, almost living on the street type of situation to now where he is. Yeah, they basically were living on the street. His dad was working all the hours. They were living like in a caravan, sometimes on hotel motel room floors. And his dad just fought for them. And I think they have that spirit in them. I just God, I just love stories like that. And I I want to see him succeed. I and he did succeed. And I want to see more. And I hope all good things come to Josh Jacobs. So do I. And something about it too. Like I, he's got that infectious smile too. Like <laughs> it, it, you remember Mace, Mace the rapper? No. You don't remember Mace? No. When he was with, when he was with P Diddy? <laughs> I'm not. Is that like D strange Gordon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not ever get into that phase? Did you never listen to any of that music? I mean, I did. I mean, I listened a little bit to, uh, well, like MC Hammer and then a little bit of Eminem. And, but not really, like, I wasn't really a rap. Look at me, Jake. Do I, I look mean, like a rap star's girlfriend? Do I, mean, I look like somebody not- who would listen to rap? No, you don't. I, I mean, <laughs> but, you, you know, I really like old school rap, like original. But I know I, I never listened to P. Diddy. Adam Rhodes well, would be so disappointed in me. Adam Rhodes is such a <laughs> rap fan. I was, I'm really surprised that you like, I, I would have thought that it would have been up there. He, um, yeah, you're going to have I'll send you some of the links. You know, so I have I, a degree in opera, right? <laughs> like two of them. Do you really? You didn't know that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I have two degrees in opera. I used to sing at New York city opera, which is why I was living in New York. So I have wow. musical tastes that might be slightly different than the average. Yeah. It's just, just, it, that is slightly different. Do yeah. you remember Mo money, Mo problems? You at least remember that song. Uh, sing it for me, Jake. No, yeah, you on. are never going to give me a few. Break it up. No, no, no. That is the one thing for everybody out there. The one thing you'll never get me to do. <laughs> if you want. So this is what I always say, Jim, not only just singing, like I can't even play a guitar because my left fingers just can't play a guitar. So God gave me obviously an analytical mind, but he took every ounce of musicians <laughs> ability and gave it to other people to make them gifted like yourself because i have none i can't sing i can't play instruments my body doesn't function that way when it comes to okay. any of it i've tried drums guitars all like can you I, dance I, I, do you have rhythm that's actually i can dance oh well, yeah so i can dance yeah. i just can't okay. when it comes to playing like my i can't I don't know. It must be, I think it's, it's gotta be a brain thing because I can never, I can never do the bass pedal and the drums because my mind focuses on one or the other. So I can't. Well, 
I think most people are that way. Actually, it's really difficult. It's difficult to play the piano. It's difficult to play the guitar. I play a little of both and I, I have issues with that too. Um, so that, that's fairly normal, but I, I mean, I probably play them a little better than you do based on how you described. <laughs> oh yeah, attempts, definitely. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play like rock band or guitar hero? No, I didn't. Okay. I was kind of curious if you'd be good guitar. at that. I was always curious to see if like actual mag- musicians were good at the game. Oh, it actual like... singers are terrible at karaoke. I can tell you that. <laughs> really? Yes. I'm, I hate karaoke too. Like the best karaoke singers are drunk people. You people that are doing it in your living room, you're so much better than Nando. us. Nando's the, Nando's the karaoke people. Really? Can we I get can, Nando to go to karaoke? I don't know. I could see. You can't tell. You tell me you can't see Nando doing karaoke. Totally could. Actually, I feel rap? like he'd be the one that gets everybody on stage and then just hangs on everybody like while they're trying to <laughs> See, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For the, the, the 5% of people listening to this podcast who know Nando, everybody knows exactly what everybody else has no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> it's true. Before you get out of here, Jen, tell everybody again. Tell them where to find you on Twitter. Tell them where to find your work, oh. all your podcasts, all your everything you got going on. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Jen Piacenti, uh, also on Instagram at Jen Piacenti. I'm at Fantasy Alarm regularly for the live streams on Thursday and Sunday. We'll be doing all your start sit questions. I also have some video series there as well. I'm on SiriusXM on Friday nights on Alarm After Hours, and I have two podcasts, one called Sticks and Stacks with Chris Meany. That's a baseball wagers podcast. So if you like to wager on the game, we give you some good lines. And then... I have a new podcast with Jerry Ferrara called Waiver Wired, and it's a fantasy football podcast, and it's, it's fun because it's, it's a little bit like uh, fantasy football light. So I know I listen to like high stat kind of things and technical. This is a little more fun and laid back. It's a little bit like fantasy football therapy, if you will. So <laughs> it, it's kind of fun. So I heard you had a podcast out. with him or something like going on. Yeah, so, yeah. I, do. <laughs> I heard your dog's coming on as a guest. <laughs> I'll, I'll get her to sign the release. We'll see if we can make that happen. <laughs> Thanks again, Jen, for coming on. Uh, I'll be back again next week as a reminder for us as well over at The Athletic. You can now get $1 for your first month. So if you want to see my rankings for week one and complain about them and tell them I'm crazy and or you know leave 70,000 comments for me to tell you to adjust your lineup, I will do that because Nando makes me do that. No, I, I do love you guys. And I'll be back next week. Uh, have a good one, everybody. Week one's here.